Okay, Texans, uh, what I'd like to do for you today for educational purposes for the public is that since Burnett County did not have a video recording of my presentation from August 8th, <clears throat> what I'd like to do is play the audio for you and then uh, display the documents that I'm referencing on screen. Uh, so that way we can give everyone a visual representation of what is wrong uh with the legality issues on our voting system. So, here we go. Address you guys today. All right, good morning. Jared Woodward, Citizen Auditor from Bear County. Thank you so much for the opportunity to address you guys today. Um, over the last few years, we've really been bombarded with a lot of claims of fraud, manipulation with our voting systems. I'd kind of like to throw all of that out the window. Uh, I don't want to discuss anything about any type of manipulation with the voting systems. I'm strictly here just to talk about if our voting systems meet the standards of Texas law. Uh, and I'm not really going to talk about the system that you guys use because I know that you guys are... I think the citizens have a very well uh, put together legal argument for discontinuing the use of that system. But I know that you guys are looking for a potential replacement system to purchase and so I'm trying to uh, make your decision a little bit easier. Um, I think that the first place that we have to start is with election law and with the realization that the laws are in place to be followed. Um, the legislature passed those laws for our protection. Uh, we may not like some of them, but there is a legal process to go through that we can lobby and have legislatures change those things if we don't like them, but the ones that are on the books we have to follow. Um, so we'll start out with uh, chapter 122. Uh, Ms. Gallagher already mentioned those standards one through 10. We're just gonna focus on solely one standard today and that's number three. Um, and the law reads this, a voting system may not be used in an election unless the system operates safely, efficiently, and accurately. And then this second part is what we're going to focus on, complies with the voting system standards adopted by the Election Assistance Commission. So in effect, you have to have a legal certification issued by the Election Assistance Commission for it to meet all of those standards that they've adopted. Now, what are some of those standards that they adopt? We have a testing and certification program manual. We also have a voting system test laboratory program manual. Both of those are available on eac.gov. They are official government documents. They are post, um, posted for public comment, and then the commission takes a vote to adopt or not. So once they vote to adopt it, they become a standard that is adopted. On the second page here, um, the very first line, a voting system is considered EAC certified when it has been tested by a federally accredited test laboratory. So the laboratory has to have a legal accreditation in order to be able to test voting systems for certification. The next page, is an excerpt from the Voting System Test Laboratory Program Manual. This is version 3.0. This was issued uh, or adopted November 15th of 2022. If you go down to section 1.4, the scope <clears throat> states 
that although participation in the program is voluntary, adherence to the program's procedural requirements is mandatory if VSTLs choose to participate. And then the very last sentence, this manual is intended to be read in conjunction with the Voting System Testing and Certification Program Manual. So you have the Voting System Test Laboratory Program Manual read in conjunction with the Testing and Certification Program Manual, both making them standards adopted by the Election Assistance Commission. Now on page 27 of the Testing and Cert, uh, sorry, the Test Laboratory program manual, you see section 3.6, which discusses a grant of accreditation. So this is how um, your laboratories become accredited. There is a certificate that is issued. This is a way for the public to verify that the laboratory is properly accredited. There are requirements that are supposed to be on that certificate. And I've highlighted the first one, and it says the certificate will be signed by the chair of the commission. No one else, it is a requirement to be signed by the chair. The next six pages are six separate certificates of accreditation that were issued to SLI Compliance and pro &V. Those are the two laboratories that test all of our voting systems. I've included all of these certificates from 2015 to present, and if you look at that signature, none of them are signed by the chair of the commission. This means that these certificates of accreditation were invalid the moment that they were issued, meaning that there was no testing laboratory accredited to test voting systems for use in Texas. That's a big problem. Now you go all the way back to 2015 to current, even the newest certificates that they've issued are still not signed by the chair of the commission. Why is it important that it's signed by the chair? Well, number one, it's in the program manual, but number two, that chair position is a position that's, a, that's an appointed position by the president. Accrediting laboratories is the very first step of certifying voting systems. You can't test a voting system for certification unless the laboratory is properly accredited. So if the laboratories aren't accredited, everything that comes after that is null and void. There was a court case, United States v. Toussaint, in the Southern District of Texas in 1978. And the ruling that came out of that um, applied the Accardi Doctrine, and it states, applying the Accardi Doctrine to the facts, the court in Hefner said, an agency of the government must scrupulously observe rules, regulations, or procedures which it has established. When it fails to do so, its actions cannot stand, and courts will strike it down. Now I understand that the Secretary of State has also certified these systems for use in Texas, okay? If you inquire with them about these, their response is it's certified. If you look at the certification um, reports that they issue when certifying the voting systems, all they reference is the EAC cert certificate. They don't reference 
and check to make sure that the laboratory was properly accredited prior to testing, which is a requirement. Now it is assumed that you can't get an EAC cert certification without the laboratory being accredited, but it is up to state and local officials to double check and make sure that they did their job properly. So what happens, who is responsible if there is a violation of chapter 122 in one of those standards? Well, if we go to 122.005, it says venue for offenses. Venue for prosecution of an offense under this chapter is in the county in which the offense was committed. It's not the Secretary of State, it's not the EAC, it's at the county level. Why is that? Well, we go to chapter 123, and that discusses adoption of a voting system, which is a requirement by the county commissioners. As far as general election, your bond elections, constitutional amendments, your city council and your school boards, they're responsible for their elections. County executive committee of your parties are the adopting authority for the primaries. So if we look at 123, we'd just like to pause right here to clarify that if you read this section B right here, it says the decision on whether to adopt a voting system is made by the following authority. So this statement, the county commissioners are not required to use a voting system. They are only required to adopt one if they're going to use it in an election. So this tells you right here that it is a choice. Let's continue. It says before a voting system may be used in elections, the authority designated by this section must adopt the system for use in elections. So if we go back to 122, it says a voting system may not be used unless, but then in 123, by you guys issuing the adoption order, you are legally stating and authorizing the use for an election, but you're legally stating that it meets all of those requirements in 122. Doesn't matter if the Secretary of State told you you could purchase it. Their view of their office is that they are owned strictly in an advisory role. They don't have any enforcement. Now, I did include a reference page here just with a couple links to the EAC website so that you guys can actually look up the documents themselves. These are all government documents. It's all open source. This information came out in 2020, shortly after the November election. There was an affidavit filed in one of Sidney Powell's lawsuits um, by Turk Sahori Maris, an election whistleblower. This information was contained in that affidavit. Affidavits are filed under penalty of perjury. Um, and the lengths that the EAC has gone to cover this up is quite appalling. If you go to the page that's right after the reference page, you'll see Voting System Test Laboratory Program Manual version 2.0. Okay, this is the one that was in effect from 2015 through 2022. And you go to that same Certificate of Accreditation requirement, 3.6.1, you'll see that the 
Certificate shall be signed by the chair of the commission. That's the same. It's been across all three versions. But what they changed is prior, certificates were, uh, were required to have the effective date of the certificate or certification, which shall not exceed a period of two years. So certificates were supposed to expire. And if you go back to the very first SLI certificate that was issued in 2018, you'll see that there's a three-year expiration date on there. Prior to the election, there was only a two-year expiration date on that certificate. Go to the next page, which looks like this. You can download this certificate from the EAC website. Click on Document Properties, and you'll see that this document was created when it was issued in January of 2018, but it was modified on December 23rd, 2020. The election was still not decided at that time. Okay, and then the affidavit gets filed with that information into a court case, and they go back and change the date so that it can be still be valid. Because if it was the two year like it was before, it would have expired January 10th, 2020, which means it wouldn't have been valid to test any of the systems that got approved during uh, prior to the 2020 election. So that's the first of their lie. Then they had to continue with that so they issue a press release in January of 2021. <clears throat> and they say, hmm. uh, they wanted to clarify the section of the manual that talks about expiration and renewal of accreditation, okay? And then down below it says, due to the outstanding circumstances posed by COVID-19, the renewal process for EAC laboratories has been delayed for an extended period. While this process continues, SLI retains its accreditation. Well, COVID wasn't here in January of 2020. We weren't shut down yet for that. The certificate would have expired. The certificate for Pro-VNV, <clears throat> they didn't issue one. From 2017 until 2021, there was no certificate for Pro-VNV for testing laboratories. And you know what their excuse for that is? Certificates don't expire. They stay valid unless it's revoked by the commission. Now, it is a partially true statement because what they are quoting is 52 U.S. Code 20971C2, which states the accreditation of a laboratory for purposes of this section may not be revoked unless the revocation is approved by the vote of the commission. That's correct. Number one, you have to have a valid certificate for, to have something revoked, okay? The definition of revoke is to remove during a period of validity but these certificates weren't valid from the moment that they were issued, so that argument is out the window. But then also, if you actually go to the US code and read that, 
you'll see that they're plucking that little thing out of context, okay? So they mentioned C2, but if you go up to C1, which is right above it, it it's talking about NIST, okay? And what their role is in supervising voting system test laboratories. They can make recommendations, including recommendations to revoke the accreditation, but that section that they're picking out is just to clarify that NIST can't revoke an accreditation, only the EAC can. So the intent of that little statement was never that certificates don't expire, because it was in the previous manual, and every certificate issued from 2007 all the way through 2017 was always just for two years. But they had to continue the lie, saying everything is fine. The next five pages after that, three or, sorry, four or five pages, it's, the EAC recently just changed all their website and took tons of stuff off, but thankfully we document everything offline. This is a list of accredited laboratories and expired accreditation of laboratories. So if accreditations never expired, why is there a list of expired accreditations? And then the last thing, the reason why I bring this to you is because they're setting you up. They're setting you up to take the fall. This very last page is from the brand new version that just came out in November, and they added this statement that was not in there before, and it says in 1.6.3, state or local officials are responsible for deciding if an EAC certified voting system complies with state laws and making the final acquisition decision. So they're basically saying, if we made a mistake, it's not on us. You guys are the ones that adopt the system. You guys choose it. Okay? And we already know that our, our local DAs are not enforcing this. They're not going to. We know that the Attorney General cannot come into a county to enforce election laws, right? That's already been determined. So the only remedy that leaves is citizens. We don't want to have to go that route, but there are a lot of counties who have already been notified. They are ignoring this. And so it leaves us as the enforcement body. And that's what we're going to do. For other counties who are going to be issuing adoption orders, probably two or three weeks or so, okay? These machines are illegal to use. They don't comply with the standards of law. No matter who says it, it falls on this court to make that decision. So you guys are gonna have to <laughs> make a tough decision. Um, but basically, the, the way that I see this kind of playing out, I, I've been involved in quite a few lawsuits over the last couple of years trying to get this into a courtroom. Um, because I'm a voter, I don't have personal individual injury, according to the court, even though I'm forced to cast my vote on an illegal system, which invalidates my vote. Okay? 
there are many election contests still going on across the state. A year ago, there were about 25 to 30 counties that all filed lawsuits against the commissioner's court all within the same week. I know you guys got one. And being dismissed because of standing doesn't have anything to do with the merits of the evidence. And so the citizens are bound and determined to get this into a courtroom one way or one way or another. And what it's looking like is that the only option to us is local government code chapter 87, which is removal of county officials. So we have removal petitions. People think petition means you pass around a document and get it signed as just another name for a lawsuit. It only requires one citizen who's been living in the county for six months to file to remove a county official. This, this is all the evidence that'll be in those cases. We'll also be challenging every single constitutional amendment that passes in 2023. Come the primaries, anybody that's, on, that's a candidate on the ballot has standing to challenge the election results for illegal votes being counted. The true result of the election cannot be known and the election will have to be rerun using hand-counted paper ballots with the Chapter 65 method. So hopefully, before you make the decision to purchase a new system, verify that the voting system test laboratory was properly accredited with the right signature on the certificate during the testing time frame, and then you guys can do it. That end part just got cut off a little bit, but it was just me asking if they had any questions. So uh, I will include links to all this information in the description down below. Um, so that way anyone can go and look it up for themselves. And uh, I hope that this helps our Texas citizens to be able to communicate this information to their own commissioners. And all that we are asking is that the law be followed. I don't think that that's too much to be asking of our elected officials. Um, and that or subsequently makes it a nonpartisan issue because this affects the votes of every single voter. Every single vote cast on one of these systems is an illegal vote and does not legally count. And so we need to fix that. Thank you.